0: Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce our host of this week's Business Talk. He's editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here is George O'Brien. Okay, welcome everyone to another episode of Business Talk. I'm George O'Brien filling in for Joe Bednar today, Uh, and I'm glad I am because we have a terrific show for you today. I can't wait to get to it, but uh, I will, because first we need to hear this message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk Podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF equal housing lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we are back. And as promised, we have a great show for you today. We have with us Dr. Lynette Watkins. She is the president and CEO of Cooley in Healthcare. How are you today, Dr. Watkins?
1: I am doing well. Thank you so much, George.
0: Well, thank you for being here with us today. Uh, we have a, a lot to talk about. Uh, we have, uh, I believe, it's your 10 year anniversary of uh, being part of Mass uh, General Brigham. Uh, you've got a groundbreaking for uh, new emergency department there, our expansion of your existing emergency department, Uh, lots of other things to talk about. Uh, Let's just take a a couple seconds uh, and and talk about COVID, if we will, Um, the subject that's still on everyone's mind. I think people would prefer to uh, use it in the past tense. Uh, Are we there yet Um, or or not quite? And and if so, what, what is the lingering impact on hospitals?
1: Well, first of all, George, thank you for the opportunity to be on Business Talk and to, to talk with you again. And uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here. You're absolutely right that uh, this is a new phase of the pandemic. The pandemic is not over. And the vast majority of the, um, uh, the patients that we see who have COVID symptoms and or COVID positive are in the outpatient setting. So we are primarily seeing those patients when we do uh, in our ambulatory clinics and or in the emergency department, Uh, but very few uh, actually are admitted uh, to our inpatient beds. And the vast majority of those patients also have underlying uh, health conditions. Uh, They may be uh, immunocompromised or have chronic disease such as diabetes or chronic respiratory illness, Um, But for all intents and purposes at this point, while COVID is not over, it is primarily an outpatient disease.
0: That's good to hear. And the impact on your hospital, probably minimal at this point, at least when compared to the last few years?
1: Much less than uh, it has been in the last three years. Uh, The number of inpatients is significantly less And uh, with additional waves of pandemic, primarily Omicron, we did see it as primarily an outpatient disease and uh, affecting a significant amount of the population, including our staff. Um, While uh, staff exposure still occur, it's significantly less than um, during, uh, particularly the Omicron uh, uh, phase of um, of the pandemic
0: might be a little bit too early to speculate, but uh, we're, we're hearing some of those news outlets talk about a another, what do they call it, a triple-demic here for the fall. I, I hate that term, but that's what they're using anyway. And uh, is that what we're looking at again uh, between the flu, COVID, and uh, other ailments?
1: I, I think that will be, for the near term, always um, a potential challenge particularly those who are at the extremes of age, the very young and the very old, as well as those that are immunocompromised. Uh, It is uh, essentially a new day. Um, In addition to um, the flu, which we always have to um, be vigilant about, and uh, RSV um, or respiratory syncytial virus, uh, COVID-19, again, is not gone. Um, it's, uh, we are in a different phase and it's always important to continue to do those basic, um, uh, basic measures, uh, in order to stay safe. Most importantly, hand washing, great hand hygiene is incredibly, incredibly, uh, appropriate.
0: Okay. Very good. Well, we'll have to wait and see what happens this fall. Hopefully it won't be as bad as last fall. So anyway. Okay, so ten years of your relationship with Mass General Brigham. Uh, talk about what that has meant to the hospital. Uh, what it's meant for this region. Uh, obviously, the the, the plate of smaller hospitals that have gotten to the point where most needed to affiliate uh, with a larger partner like Mass General Brigham, and and they did so for obvious reasons. Uh, but let's talk about first of all how this came about, and then uh, how it has happened over the last 10 years, how things have transpired.
1: Absolutely. And we are so proud to celebrate, particularly this week, the 10th anniversary of becoming a part of Mass General Brigham. And in July, uh, officially uh, July 1st of 2013, um, we joined, at that point in time, it was the Mass General Hospital uh, family of, uh, of hospitals. And Mass General Brigham, the entity that includes um, Mass General Hospital, Brigham and Women's, and some of the world class specialty hospitals uh, that, uh, that this region and this world knows, um, is uh, in, we are extremely proud to, um, to have that uh, affiliation and be a partner because it allows us to bring world class care close to home. And and what tangibly does that mean? Uh, It means um, uh, everything from the Mass General Cancer Center at Cooley Dickinson, um, which uh, we are proud to have here uh, with Mass General Brigham medical oncologists, um, as well as staff and support staff radiation oncologists. It means 24 seven teleneurology and acute stroke care. Um, it also means other services set, such as genetic counseling in maternal fetal medicine. Bringing safe, high-quality, world-class care close to home is incredibly important, and um, we are incredibly proud uh, to be able to be a part of Mass General Brigham.
0: Mm-hmm. What have been some of the major accomplishments over, over the past decade, meaning uh, you know, new programs, uh, new initiatives, uh, things that, you, that you've started in recent years.
1: Absolutely. So the most tangible one again is the Mass General Cancer Center at Cooley Dickinson, where we provide comprehensive medical and radiation oncology services, as well as oncology uh, navigation. Additionally, uh, and we're very proud of uh, nearing completion of our uh, childbirth center renovation. Um, but having our maternal fetal medicine uh, colleagues from Mass General Brigham work with us on care for moms and uh, and babies here in the region. Additionally, um, and I know we'll we'll talk a bit about the emergency department renovation, but having 24-7 acute stroke care and teleneurology which um, as uh, you know, we talked about COVID-19 at the top of the, uh, of the broadcast of the podcast, um, telehealth is going to be and will continue to be a key tool in the delivery of care now and into the future. And that includes everything from uh, teleneurology to teleradiology. And in our emergency department, particularly in the evening and on weekends, we leverage um, the talented uh, uh, colleagues from Brigham and Women's to provide radiology care in our emergency department. So those are just a a few of the many things uh, that we are collaborating uh, on with uh, Mm -hmm. our Mass General Brigham partners, and we're incredibly excited to continue to bring that to the Valley into Western
0: Massachusetts. So when you're talking about uh, bringing that kind of care closer to home, you're talking about uh, care right at Coley Dickinson Hospital, saving people a a ride across the state, but telehealth is also bringing those specialists to here in a different way. So I know you and I have talked about uh, telehealth uh, in the past. Uh, I don't know, uh, many good things came out of COVID, but I think... uh, telehealth was, was certainly one of them. Uh, it, the technology had been there, but I don't know if we really appreciated it and really understood uh, just how important it was until COVID, so talk Absolutely. about it. Yeah.
1: And completely agree with you. And whether it is telehealth in the acute setting, uh, particularly in the emergency department with teleneurology and teleradiology or with ambulatory care visits, Um, As a part of Mass General Brigham, we are uh, working on virtual um, urgent care uh, visits, which we anticipate will be coming to our facilities shortly as well. Um, Primary care and specialty services, telehealth has really been a game changer when it comes to access to care. And as our recently uh, completed community health and needs assessment um, uh, identified, Housing, food insecurity, and transportation, transportation, particularly to get healthcare services, um, is a barrier and is incredibly important to be able to overcome and telehealth helps us to do that.
0: Okay, you're listening to Business Talk, about podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. We're talking today with Dr. Lynette Watkins president of Cooley Dickinson Healthcare in Northampton. Thank you again for being here, Dr. Watkins. Uh, You mentioned the expansion of your emergency department. You've got a groundbreaking coming up uh, this week, I believe. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yes, we are extremely excited about this. And so, yes, this Thursday, July 20th, we will be breaking ground on uh, a 7,000 square foot expansion of our emergency department increasing from 26 to 32 beds, um, renovating the configuration of uh, the emergency department. So it moves from a pod-like configuration to one that's in the oval um, uh, configuration or racetrack configuration. This allows for more space. This renovation allows for more space, more direct line of sight for staff um, to see each other and see patients and will also be a huge staff satisfactor uh, satisfier because as we move forward, um, we have to make sure that we are creating environments that are um, conducive to our staff working effectively, efficiently at top of license in places where they like to be. Um, So increasing the amount of space, uh, increasing uh, and continuing a focus on staff and patient safety and with um, uh, always a focus of making the environment as um, as great as possible. Additionally, um, we also value our relationship with our first responders and ease of bringing patients in and out along with a special place for them to, to land, so to speak, and be able mm-hmm. to chart and take a break also, improves their experience as well. They are value partners, and we want to make sure that we are also um, making sure that their ability to work um, is uh, great, too, and that they have a great experience.
0: Racetrack configuration. I'm not sure I've heard that one before, but uh, that that is interesting. I hope it... Uh... You wind up in the winter circle on that one. There's it, been a lot of, of work in emergency departments over the years. This is the, the gateway to the hospital. This is where the community comes. Uh, this is where it all happens. And, and a lot of the focus has been on uh, moving people through, uh, obviously, quality of care, obviously, but uh, getting people in and out uh getting them to see someone quickly. Uh, we, we've all heard these stories about hour long waits in emergency departments and, and people not getting the care that they need. So uh, this expansion I assume is going to uh, go a long way uh, toward improving that uh, flow of work through the emergency department.
1: Yes, sir. Absolutely. So with the increase in space and the increase in number of beds, uh, that will significantly help with patient throughput and with flow. Uh, Additionally, we will also be placing uh, a a CT scanner in the emergency department that will allow for quicker um, imaging uh, of patients when appropriate that is incredibly important for patients that come in who, for example, um, may uh, have signs and symptoms of a stroke because when time's lost, brain is lost, for example. We do monitor very carefully um, how long patients are in the emergency room and those steps along the way, um, as well as how quickly they're seen by a physician or a provider. And so with the increased number of of beds with the CT scanner being embedded in the emergency department, and with addition of two of those beds being what we call flex beds, so um, they can be used for patients who have medical issues as well as primary um, psychiatric issues because unfortunately we are seeing more uh, members of our community that have mental health disorders, we have to be able to um, provide a safe place for them as well.
0: Now your emergency uh, room, well your whole hospital, but your emergency department serves a, a pretty wide geographic area as well. You've got people coming from east, west, north and south, and you've got some people uh, even coming up from Springfield, uh, figuring that uh, a visit to Northampton might take a while to get there, but it'll be a shorter stay in the emergency room. So. Uh, This is gonna be an important uh, development for your hospital, I'm sure. Uh, Congratulations with that and good luck. Thank you. Okay, Uh, just a a couple more quick ones in the time that we have left. I know we've read and heard a lot about uh, workforce issues, uh, especially in healthcare. Uh, This has been an an overriding concern. Uh, Hospitals especially have, long list of positions that uh, are open and, and some of them have gone unfilled for a long time. Is that uh, situation improving itself uh, in any way? And, and what are we doing to uh, improve uh, that pipeline of, of workers into hospitals these
1: days? Uh, absolutely. Workforce still um, remains a challenge, workforce shortage specifically. Um, I am incredibly proud of our talented team here, uh, 2100 uh, individuals strong and uh, our as well as our physicians and providers, and we have approximately 500 medical staff members. They've been working hard and working tired. And um, with this new phase of the, the pandemic, there is more and more need because we're seeing patients now who, in some instances have had delayed care, who are coming in sicker and staying longer. And that is obviously very much taxing to uh, the entirety of the workforce, but particularly those that provide bedside care. We have to deliver care differently. Mm-hmm. And that also means we have to approach it from a team perspective. It's always been uh, a you know, team-based uh, focus in care But it's also important to understand the members of the team and the collaboration, particularly between physicians and advanced practice providers, our case management leaders, our nursing staff is and will continue to be incredibly important. We are very much focused on recruitment, of course, but also retention development of our leaders and staff as well as succession planning and that succession planning in particular means building and enlarging the pipeline Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: nursing in particular is a key area of focus but we've also um, uh, been focused on other areas such as the technical areas um, to build and grow the pipeline. We are very excited that we will have 25 new graduate nurses coming in uh, in the Good next couple of weeks, and some of them uh, are already on the ground uh, getting oriented. Additionally, we've been partnering uh, with our colleagues at uh, Master Brigham in uh, training technicians, particularly in the lab, um, to come back here and uh, uh, use their uh, time, talent, and expertise to take care of uh, patients here. In the community, we mm-hmm. have in our partnering with several uh, colleges, uh, community colleges, um, and uh, other entities to um, to be a place to learn and have really focused on developing preceptors here um, uh, to bring these students in to help learn. Because once they have that great experience as a student, chances are they'll want to stay as well. So we've been uh, working with multiple colleges, community colleges, and other um, uh, groups to bring individuals in to learn and experience and, uh, and uh, get a taste of the Cooley culture, so to speak.
0: Good for you. You mentioned retention. Uh, just quickly, and, and when you were talking about the ER, you talked about, you know, creating an environment that people would want to work in. uh This is something that all hospitals are are, are doing now. You're you're hearing about uh, uh, facilities where nurses can go, uh, you know, sometimes during the day and and, and take a break and relax, uh, uh, things of that nature. Um, You know, hospitals can't create different shifts. Everybody can't work uh, eight to four. Somebody's got to work that, that midnight shift. But, you know, hospitals are doing more and more things to, to bring people in and, and to retain them. Like you said, do you want to talk about some of these efforts? Or?
1: So, so absolutely. So ultimately, uh, a lot of us in the healthcare industry, myself included, come in because we have a mission, we align with the mission of the organization. And many have heard my mantra that no matter who you are, what you look like, where you're from, or who you love, we are here for you. That aligns with um, our colleagues that are here at Cooley. And it's important to be able to also say that, speak that, um, and believe in that when it comes to our, our staff as well. We want to make sure that you have the great experience to work at top of license and be able to do that as effectively and efficiently as possible. We also realize that this is a marathon. This is not a sprint and everyone needs to take a pause. As the, as the healthcare industry, I think we've been a bit rigid in, in the past in who has worked in what function at what period of time. It's important to be flexible and creative, and I I know our chief um, nursing executive as well as our VP of operations has worked with our teams in particular to work through alternate schedules, um, to um, reevaluate what team-based care really means, and also to be able to encourage wellness and have that support we are very proud in that that we have pastoral care and a chaplaincy here and that's important employee assistance is important because our teams need to know that they have that support Um, also we understand that the workforce particularly for early careers now are interested in obtaining development development of their specialty development and leadership So we are very focused on leadership development uh, opportunities. We're actually developing a leadership library. We have monthly leadership forums. And as a part of Mass General Brigham, there is access to outstanding leaders across the enterprise um, uh, uh, with leadership forums and modules, uh, as well as in-person events. We want everyone to know that they have the ability to succeed and to lead.
0: Okay. Well, thank you very much. Uh, That's just about all the time we have today. Uh, We appreciate you coming in, Dr. Watkins, and uh, telling us everything that's going on at Cooley Dickinson. Continue. Good luck to you moving forward. And we'll have you back on again soon.
1: Thank you so much, George. Have a great day.
0: Okay. Thanks to all of you for tuning into Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm George O'Brien filling in for Joe Bednar, who will be back next time. Hopefully we'll see you then. Take care and thank you.